I'm Sammy Coates, former Auburn football player and all-SEC wide receiver, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. All right, welcome back into the program. This is Sports Call, WTGZ Tiger 95.9 FM. The Sports Call podcast is brought to you by Coca-Cola. If you ever miss Sports Call Live or if you want to hear something again, Make sure you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcast. Enjoy an ice-cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk. J.J. Jackson inside the studio alongside Tom Peavy, Ryan LaVoy, and Cam Berry. And guys, we are so honored and thrilled to go to our Auburn Bank phone lines and bring on a new guest to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Bo Estes of NBA.com and NBA TV joins us here on the program today to talk a little round ball in the month of August. Bo, the time is greatly appreciated. How are you doing today, my friend? Oh, it's good. Uh, always a little pressure to be named Bo and come on an Auburn broadcast, but yeah, yeah I'm excited, guys. Bo knows. We, we certainly do know that, so you're right. I wouldn't have even put two and two together, but fair for you to bring that up, Bo. Yeah, no, I, look, my name's Bo. I'm from the South, and I live in Los Angeles, so it's always good uh, to be back on the airwaves, back you know towards home and, and where I'm from and everything like that. So I appreciate you guys having me on today. Well, we're certainly excited to talk about the league, and now we've got a couple of more faces for Auburn basketball in the association. And it's funny to think about Auburn historically in the NBA. It truly is just Charles Barkley and Charles Barkley alone that's really waving the flag for the Auburn Tigers. And now we're getting a couple of more names there in the NBA, Bo. Yeah, look, I've worked with Charles Barkley for 20 years now down at Turner Sports, uh, more you know years ago than I do now. But uh, that's quite a name to have at the top of your flagpole in Charles <laughs> Barkley. Maybe the best personality we've ever had in the NBA uh, and one of the great all-time players. But you're right. Uh, with Bruce Pearl there now, you guys are stacking folks up. Uh, I had a chance to interview Bruce Pearl years ago when he was at Tennessee. And he's just one of those guys that when you're around him, you feel that current of electricity that he exudes. So I can see why players love him, and I can see why they're having success. And when you got a guy like Jabari Smith, I mean, my gosh, that, that's a world-class talent that you're putting out in the NBA. And look, if you're asking me, he was the number one prospect out there. And teams pick for different reasons. Everybody's got a different opinion. But Jabari's just a tremendous talent in my view. We can't wait to see what he's going to be able to do at the next level. The third overall pick, highest ever in the history of Auburn basketball, and that includes somebody by the name of Charles Barkley, as we're discussing. But you look at the Auburn Tigers, and and, and in the Bruce Pearl era, we've had Chuma Okiki a few years ago as a first-round selection, Isaac Okoro a few seasons back, and now two more first-round picks in Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler. And, and Bo, you think this is a lot of Bruce Pearl being able to kind of market and showcase Auburn basketball a little bit, recruit top talent, get them in the doors, and develop them for the next level? Is that why we're seeing such a rise in NBA players? Absolutely. He's an incredible salesman. He's also a really good game coach. It's not just that he's a great recruiter. He can do it all. So, look, I, I am a Bruce Pearl fan. You know, I, I happen to work with his daughter uh, over at Turner Sports. But, like, I, I just think he's an incredible talent, uh, and people want to be around that guy. So I think, you know, as long as, as Bruce Pearl is putting on an Auburn polo, you guys are going to be in good shape uh, as far as basketball town. The other thing that Auburn is really fortunate about 
is consider where they're located. I mean, you guys are really close to Atlanta, where there is just a mountain of talent that comes out of that city every year. And Auburn is beating Georgia to recruit those kids. So as long as that's happening, and I think if Bruce Pearl's there, that's going to happen a lot, you guys are going to be in good shape. Auburn really is well positioned uh, to succeed. And, you know, I don't know how often you're going to get a Jabari Smith talent. Very few teams have that. Uh, but, you know, to, to put year in and year out guys that are, you know, picked at number 10, number 15, number 20, that means that you're going to be a top-quality college program as well. And, Bo, let's talk about Jabari Smith because we going into draft night, everyone kind of felt that Jabari Smith would be the number one overall pick to Orlando. And it turns yeah. out that Orlando was kind of keeping their cards to themselves and then ultimately took Paulo Bancaro. So Jabari goes down to three with Houston. What is that fit with him, he and, and Jalen Green in, in Houston? And what do you think of the player that Jabari Smith could ultimately become? Well, two things on that. First of all, I think that uh, Jabari Smith's fit in Houston is wonderful because I don't think he's going to have a mountain of pressure on him. I think as long as Jalen Green is there, Jalen Green is going to be the leading scorer on that team. I think that Jalen Green is that sort of a talent. As far as scoring, I think he and Anthony Edwards and guys like that are going to compete for the league's lead in scoring in the next five years, and that's who it's going to be. Uh, I think Jabari can be right there, though. And one of the things that Jabari did uh, at Summer League, and I was out there at Summer League, his shot wasn't falling particularly early on, but his defense was terrific. So he's going to immediately bring some stuff defensively. Now, I'm not going to tell you that he's a defensive player because he's an offensive star in my mind. He's got superstar potential. Uh, But I think that, you know, the fact that there's a guy that's that young that was struggling in summer league in front of the world and goes out there and really performed on the defensive end when a shot wasn't falling. That tells me something about the mentality of the kid. The other thing I'll tell you is I was there in the arena for that first game when he went up against Paolo. And the thing I'll tell you is that you could just see physically Paolo is more mature than Jabari. He's just a lot stronger already. The thing I'll say about that, though, is I think Jabari will catch up in that regard. And when he does, look out. That's that's the next thing that I think that I would expect from Jabari. And then also want to get your thoughts on the other first-round pick from Auburn uh, this year, Walker Kessler. Of course, he's kind of had it rough a little bit. He's been bouncing around the teams already. He's worn a couple <laughs> different hats already. Now it winds up in Utah. Uh, and, of course, you know, interesting opportunity, I feel like, Bo, because uh, you follow a guy like Rudy Gobert who's been the best – best defensive center in the league for several years and that's going to be difficult but because Rudy Gobert is gone I I figure Bo that Walker Kessler's for for the slot that he was taking is probably going to get a pretty good chance at some significant playing time well you're right and like I said with Jabari Smith I think Walker Kessler finds himself in a really good spot because he's not going to have a ton of pressure once Utah sent Rudy Gobert out they're basically saying we're changing our expectations now and looking towards the future. And Walker Kessler now has an opportunity to earn the right to be a part of that future. And you mentioned Rudy Gobert. I mean, Walker Kessler has a lot of the same skills that Rudy Gobert has. Walker Kessler is incredibly long. Uh, Until you see him in person, you don't know how long this guy really is. And so that sort of matches up with Rudy Gobert. He's also a, a really gifted shot blocker. He's not just calling long. He's a gifted shot blocker, and he works on it and the timing. So I think he'll be effective in that regard. I first went and saw Walker Kessler play 
in his junior year at Woodward Academy. Uh, and I, want, I, I drove straight back to NBA TV from that game, and there was an NBA executive in the room, and he asked me, can he guard on the perimeter on a switch against a point guard? That's the first question executive asked me, and that's the thing I still don't know that we have an answer for. That's the thing that we've got to figure out with Walker Kessel because that's what the NBA is now. You sort of hunt matchups, and if they find out that Walker Kessler, if you run a pick and roll and he gets ISOed on a guard and he's just hopeless on that island, it gets tough for him to find minutes. I'm not saying he can't find minutes, but that would be an area I'd love to see him improve. And, Bo, uh, shifting to other Auburn draft picks, um, it seems like Isaac Okoro, um, Chumo, Kiki's coming along, and um, JT Thor also have, has his spot kind of solidified uh, in Charlotte. Um, but with regards to Sharif Cooper, uh, he was on a two-way deal with the Hawks, and then they yep. released him. Uh, do you think there's any other opportunity out there for him, or what do you think his his next step might be? I sort I do like his game. That's the thing. I like his game, and I think there's a the, the the challenge for him is we're in the era of a million talented guards. There's just so many talented guards out there, so he's going to have to distinguish himself. And it and it may be that Sharif has to go out of the league and come back. He, he may find a two way contract somewhere, uh, but I don't think unless he really. Uh, blossoms and builds his game, he's going to find a, a guaranteed deal that's going to be to his liking. I, I cover, look, I cover the NBL professionally, the Australian Basketball League, so when LaMelo comes over here, I was covering him with the Illawarra Hawks before that. I, I think that, you know, there are players that go away and come back and do very well uh, when they have more of a dominant ball role. So I, I could see him getting more playing time overseas and coming back and doing well. But that said, look, if the right opportunity comes in the NBA for him to stay sort of long-term and, and he's put with the right coach and the right teammates, he's got the talent to succeed right now. It's just hard to distinguish yourself with this many talented guards out there. We're talking with Bo Estes from NBA TV and NBA.com. You can follow him on Twitter. Pretty simple, at NBA Bo, as we're talking about things all across the association. Let me get you one more Auburn guy. Tell us about Isaac Okoro, Bo, because this is the guy that's playing for the Cleveland Cavaliers, really, really known for his defensive ability. What do you like out of Okoro? Well, you, you just hit it right there. I mean, it's <laughs> defensive ability. I mean, he's, he's just a shutdown dude. And, you know, when you see that in this league, I talked about people who can distinguish themselves. That's a guy that can distinguish himself. The other thing that he's got on his side, when you're a little bit bigger like that at 6'5", uh, it, it just allows you to be more switchable. Uh, and when you're more switchable, you're more useful, and that gets you on the floor more. What, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers are an interesting team because I talked about Walker Kessler going out to Utah, and they're setting their sights on the future. Cleveland is transitioning into more of a we're coming. We're almost here. And I think Okoro is a part of that. Uh, I just think that, you know, in the NBA there are windows, and Cleveland may be opening, and it may just really time out well for uh, Okoro, and that goes back to, to what I was saying before. It's, it's about timing. It's about fit. And him being 6'5", again, I just can't stress how much that helps. Uh, the, the word is switchability, and everybody talks about it, and, and he has that. So that really helps him in the NBA. 
Bo, I want to open it up to a couple more broader NBA questions now. And uh, I'm going to avoid the Kevin Durant topic. We talk about it all the time. Good luck. Uh, we're going to try and avoid it for the next few minutes. But I just want to get your take on the offseason as a whole and, and just what team that you feel like just had a really smart and a really good offseason. Well, this whole thing is wild, right? You know, I know you said you're avoiding Kevin Durant. We all saw the landscape shift when he asked for a move. So that changes the entire NBA. Everything's put on hold. Everybody's waiting to see what's next, who's going to come next. I've sort of liked what Boston has done, but now Boston's all of a sudden a player in this trade. So I'll have to wait and hold out my judgment on that. I really like what the Atlanta Hawks have done by adding DeJounte Murray. Uh, DeJounte Murray is, first of all, I think he's a wonderful fit with Trey Young. Uh, as a bigger defensive guard who can help pick up some of the slack in that regard. Uh, also, looks like he's got a little attitude if you saw what he did with uh, Paolo in summer league yes. or out in uh, the pro-land stuff. So I really love that. But, you know, I, I was reminded of how all of this stuff, as, as NBA fans and people who analyze the NBA, hangs on the next tweet. I, I was walking through the Thomas and Mack Center and I looked down this little cubby hole, and in that corner, huddled in that corner, I'm not kidding, guys, was Sham Sharanya with his phone, you know, getting ready to you know, bang away on the phone. And I'm like, we're all just waiting to see what's next from these guys, <laughs> uh, to see what world is. And I, I, I sat there and looked at him and sort of smiled for a second, but I was just like, is he about to tell us that Kevin Durant's going to the Lakers or wherever? God knows. Uh, the NBA is just a wild drama in the offseason. And uh, I think the, the challenge is we're all sitting here waiting. What's going to happen with Kevin Durant? Because he is, to me, uh, if not the best scorer of his generation, one of the best scorers of his generation, a supreme talent, and it makes any team an immediate contender with his presence alone. So that's the challenge of the NBA right now is that it's, he's casting a huge shadow, and we're all waiting to see what's next. And then I've also got to ask you, you talked about the DeJounte Murray trade for Atlanta, but another big trade that happened, and I alluded to this earlier, uh, was Rudy Gobert going to Minnesota. And, of course, the talk about it has just been about the array of assets that ultimately Utah got out of, out of Minnesota. But, I, like, I just, as a from a basketball perspective, Minnesota just seems fascinating because it appears, I mean, you're, you don't make this acquisition if you're not doing this. You're going to have Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert play a lot of minutes together and start together on what's going to be the biggest front line, I, I, I think, in the NBA. In this age where it is so guard-driven, like, is it not pretty fascinating to see a team double down the opposite direction and say, we're going to take the best defensive big guy we can find with a really talented offensive big guy, and we're going to roll the ball out there. And, oh, by the way, another really talented guard. We do have one of those in Anthony Edwards. And and just make what's really just an odd team. It could be really good, but just a really odd team. Well, you're, <laughs> I think that's well put because they basically rolled the dice, right? They really rolled the dice. I, you know, I, I mentioned that it's a guard-rich league. The focus of the league is perimeter-driven. And when you think about the way Carl Anthony Towns plays, he describes himself as the best shooting big man ever. I, I would throw Dirk Nowitzki in there if I was him. But that's how he describes himself. So his game is perimeter-oriented. He can give you a head fake and drive to the rim for the jam. 
But one thing that I, I heard a stat, and, and this is close, if not exactly it. The Minnesota Timberwolves with, with Carl Anthony Towns had something like two alley-oop dunks all season long. All season long with Carl Anthony Towns. So uh, he's not a rim runner. That's what Rudy Gobert does. He scores at the rim off a ton of alley-oops. And with D'Angelo Russell, like there are some obvious shortcomings in his game. But he can pass. And he can set you up. And Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns will be on the perimeter. They will be drivers. So if there's going to be space in the paint for Rudy Gobert, I believe at least. So there's a chance this could really work. Now, you mentioned the assets that they gave up to get Rudy Gobert. It's a ton. So they're putting their cards on the table right now and trying to get into deep playoff uh, contention in a deep Western Conference. Uh, it's going to be a challenge, but you know, if you're if you're a Minnesota fan, if you're a person who's writing that check for season tickets, you got to be pretty happy right now because you, you're putting a really good team out there. We're talking with Bo Jackson. Oh wait, I mean Bo Estes <laughs> here on uh, here on Sports Call today, joining us on the program, talking about news and notes from around the association. Bo, we have to make these conversations more frequent in the future, and let's just say this: as we go into football season. I'm not sure what your sports bucket list looks like, my friend, but seeing a pregame eagle flight before a football game at Jordanier Stadium, I'd encourage you to put it up there, buddy. I would absolutely love to get over there for that and enjoy you guys at some point. I'm coming back. I'm actually coming back south this week, but I'm going to try to get back again in the fall. There is, I live in Los Angeles now, and I will tell you, college football is not a big thing out here <laughs> and this is my first year out here and it is the weirdest thing it is pulling the rug out from under me because i can't imagine living in a place where college football is not a massive massive deal like it was through all of my years in atlanta living in the south <laughs> well we're certainly excited for it and again thank you again uh, for chatting with us on the show today we'll have to do this again sometime soon okay sounds great thanks fellas